This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 127, submission number 1011, Trivia Trap. Trivia Trap aired on ABC Daytime from October 8th, 1984 to April 5th, 1985 for 128 episodes. Here comes the fascinating world of trivia where even a right answer can catch you in a trap. On Trivia Trap! Ah, the 1980s. What was the new hotness in family get-togethers during the 1980s? Oh, that'd be Trivial Pursuit. That would be Trivial Pursuit. The brainchild of a couple guys who had pieces missing from other board games. And they used those pieces to make this one. And it made them a whole lot of money. Yeah, and now it's making Hasbro a whole lot of money. Yep. Of course, I'm speaking of Chris Haney and Scott Abbott of Montreal, Canada. Yeah, and we'll be talking about Trivial Pursuit later this year because Trivial Pursuit is going to be a subject in a future episode, specifically the Wink Martindale version from the 1990s. But we're not going to talk about Trivial Pursuit. We're just going to talk about trivia in general, because with the advent of Trivial Pursuit comes a thirst, I should say, for a good old-fashioned quiz show. Yeah, because around this time, 1985, we already had Jeopardy back in its first season, back. This time, it would be heading into its second season. Yep. Uh, Joker's Wild and Tic-Tac-Doe would be on the decline, but still putting up really big numbers for uh, syndication at the time. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Sale of the Century, because this was around the time that Sale of the Century was beginning its syndicated version, but also, obviously, it was going very strong on NBC at the time. But, yeah, it seems like you couldn't throw a rock in the the early to mid-80s and not hit a good old-fashioned trivia-based quiz show. I love blockbusters myself. Anyway, so ABC, it seems like ABC was the only one who didn't have a quiz show on the schedule. NBC had Sale of the Century. There was syndicated Joker's Wild, Tic-Tac-Doe, and Jeopardy. I'm pretty sure CBS had a... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, pre- CBS had Press Your Luck. Which combined, not that that's much of a quiz, but not yeah. that, that much of a quiz, but those spins had to come from somewhere. ABC was the only one that did not have a, a a quiz show on the air at the time. All they had was Family Feud, and that was pretty much it. And in terms of game shows, I think that it was pretty much it on ABC after the twenty thousand dollar pyramid was uh, canceled back in nineteen eighty. I think it was just Family Feud, and then. You had Happy Days reruns and Laverne and Shirley reruns and Benson other reruns. reruns. Benson reruns. 
I think Love Boat reran at some point in the morning. Yeah, so so you didn't have any game shows on ABC besides Family Feud. And if you were like me and lived in a market that didn't even show Family Feud after like 78, 79, you had no game shows from ABC at that point. Exactly. And that was actually the way it was in Cleveland. We, we never had Feud after I think 79 or 80. We never got Trivia Trap. We never got Bruce Forsyth's Hot Streak, O Future Installment. And uh, we never All-Star got... All-Star Blitz. Uh, Did you get All-Star never, Blitz? No, 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 those we saw Magic, on USA. Magic Game 90. Magic Game no, 90. Had to pull in the rabbit ears from, uh, to pull the Akron station for that. Uh, and also, I, I should mention Bargain Hunters because it sucked. Yeah. But yeah, had to use the old rabbit ears for that too. So ABC, I guess, was looking for something to replace insert reruns here. In fact, I believe, well, I believe it was, uh, yeah, it was Benson, Celebrity Family Feud. Yeah. And it came out at a time when the, the when Family Feud was on the wane and the new hotness, as much as you want to call it the new hotness, was CBS's The Price is Right and NBC's Wheel of Fortune. ABC wanted to, I guess, ABC wanted to be competitive in that time slot, so they called up Mark Goodson Productions, and along with Chester Feldman and Mark Goodson and son Jonathan Goodson, they came up with Trivia Trap, which I guess the best way you can describe it in one phrase is A quiz show in reverse. Not like that. Not like that. Not like that. It would be a quiz show in which you would have to pick out the wrong answers. Now, we'll get to why that was a fundamental flaw in a moment, but let's talk about how this got on the air. ABC commissioned the pilot, and Bob Eubanks was host of the pilot. They liked it, and commissioned a series of episodes but a few things changed obviously the set changed and everybody was dressed as they normally would for a quiz show including bob eubanks when the show went to series everybody wore matching sweaters because that was a thing by 85 everybody with the matching preppy sweaters yeah i suppose i suppose that would have been a uh, classic 80s. Well, plus also the studios are so cold. You, you got to wear oh, a sweater. Yeah. You got to wear a sweater. Plus, I think, it, I think it made Bob Eubanks appear more warm, more approachable. But let's be honest, it's Bob freaking Eubanks. He's approachable enough. Yeah. And more cool. Okay, I'm just going to say that. Yes, Bob Eubanks may have been in his mid-40s at that point or late 40s. But yeah, the, the the sweater made him look cool. I'm thinking like Dick Clark on American Bandstand. Oh yeah, definitely, he definitely had that Dick Clark American Bandstand like '50s vibe there. So how did the game work? Well, there were actually two versions of this game. First version had two rounds in which you had four choices of answer to a question. You had to pick the wrong answers, all three of them. And, and the more wrong answers you picked, 
the more money you got. It was 50 for eliminating one wrong answer, 100 for eliminating two, and then 300 for eliminating all three. And when we say you, we, we should mean that's the plural version of you. Yeah. Because there were teams of three. Yes. So per- person one would pick an answer, then person two, then person three. It wouldn't be just you know one person making all the choices. Yeah. And interesting thing about the teams. We had sort of a battle of the ages concept at work here. We had one team of juniors, which were people who were... 30 and under, and one team of seniors, which was a team of 30 and older. Now, now, now I'm 40. I'll be 41 next week. Would you honestly put me on a team of seniors? I mean, I would, I would stick out like a sore thumb and not for the obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, this whole concept does not make any sense in theory. Yeah, I mean, you really shouldn't be technically a senior until you have a gray hair pop up on your head. Well, are you you trying to admit something? Because I was going to say, I've known you for some time, and I have not seen a speck of gray on your pate. Oh, I don't have any. I don't have a speck of gray on my pate. I don't have a speck of gray anywhere except for my chinny chin chin. Oh, well, there's great. That's great. That's great. So you just out of yourself as a senior, buddy. I I make no, I make, this is not a secret. I told you. But hey, I'll admit the same thing. I'm 45 years old. I've had little gray hairs pop up on my chinny chin and and, uh, above my lip and other places in my nose. Oh, God. Why did I have to hear that much? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like a senior. Well, maybe I do, given the last three months, what's what's going on in my life. But um, now I, I totally get what you mean. But also at the same time, if they said seniors had to be, say, fifty or older or sixty or older, people wouldn't want to watch people that old necessarily. I don't think because obviously, you know, the the younger ratings draw viewers. So yeah, why why not make the cutoff for seniors thirty instead of fifty or sixty? Because yeah, I mean, we know the mind starts going at a certain age, and and maybe it's an unfair advantage if you have people fifty and sixty versus thirty and forty year olds. Not yeah. always, I'm saying, but yeah, some of I, our I, minds are gone right now. And you complained about me talking about my gray nose hairs. <laughs> okay, so each team played two of those questions in the first two rounds, and. If nobody has reached $1,000 by that point, then we would play the $1,000 trivia race. The first 10 questions were worth $100. After 10 questions were played, they were doubled to $200. And the trivia race was played to $1,000. The team who got to 1000 first wins the game, keeps their money, and goes to chase the pot of gold in the $10,000 Trivia Ladder. In the $10,000 Trivia Ladder, you are placed in accordance with how well you did during the trivia race. And you had to answer one of three questions individually. Contestant number one, the best performer of the trivia race, had four answers, and they had to 
and they decided whether they wanted to play the question or pass the question. If they passed, contestant two gets the question. If contestant two passed, then contestant three had to play the question. And whoever answers the question, whoever has control of the question and answers it correctly, wins $1,000. And they go on to the final rung of the trivia ladder. Then you have another question. Play continues as before. And then you have a third question. Play continues as before. So, and the survivors of those three questions go on to the final rung in the trivia ladder worth $10,000. Split evenly, we should add. Split evenly, yes. Not 10000 for anybody who wins it. It's split evenly. It, it's yes. not killing the budget. Right. So, the host read the final question and four possible answers. Each contestant who was in for the money recorded an answer. If one of them answered it correctly, they win the 10000 If two answered correctly, they split the 10000 5000 each. If all three answered the question correctly, they split the $10,333.33 each. If no one answered it correctly, then obviously no one wins anything. In fact, if nobody answers their individual question correctly, the $10,000 question isn't even played. Any team that played the trivia ladder five times retired as an undefeated grand champion. And we should add, regardless of how you do on the top of the trivia ladder, your $1,000 is not at risk. You get to keep yeah, that. That is so yours to keep no matter ten, what happens. The, the, the 10000 is a bonus on top of that. Yep. If you play it absolutely perfectly, you could walk out with $11,000. But no matter how you did on the trivia ladder, you would come back on the next show to defend your title. Oh, but no, it's, it's more than $11,000 because you split three ways the money in the front game. Yep. That, that ain't points. That's money. So you, I know. You're, you, so you could win possibly $11,400. Yeah, you know, if you get to $1,200. Well, you couldn't get to $1,200. Yeah, you couldn't get to $1,200 because the, the $1,000 race, the, you could max out at $1,150. But still, the maximum you could win is like, Eleven thousand three hundred and sixty-six dollars, or three hundred eighty-three dollars, or I'm not—I'm off the clock. I'm not doing the math. Okay. Well, while you go over the uh, change in format, because there was a change in format, I'll do the math while you go over the change in format. Because according to a focus group from the American Film Institute, eliminating wrong answers was a format flaw. And this can be found in David Baber's television game show host biographies of 32 stars. You can read more about it. <laughs> so they saw that as a flaw. Interesting. They did. I mean, that was, that, that was the key selling point on this game was it's not the correct answers that you want to pick. It's the incorrect answers. So if they say it's a flaw, now we're just going back to a regular old question and answer trivia game where you've got to give right answers. And that's not fun. 
No, and and, and, and that's no. exactly what it is. It's not fun. You're, you're and it, absolutely and, right. And interesting, you mentioned that. And by the way, I did the math that that if you have a perfect game, the most you could win is eleven thousand three hundred eighty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. Yeah, and I think well, I know people have won the ten thousand and the thousand. So I don't know if uh, they've ever reached that hypothetical maximum, but if not, they were within probably fifty dollars of it. So they retooled the format in on December 17th, 1984. They overhauled the first two rounds. The first round was called Fact or Fiction, in which you had two packets. You chose a packet. Each team member was asked one question worth $25. And after all three team members had answered their questions, the challengers played the other packet. And then you'd play another packet of questions. And that would be the first round. It's basically, is that a true fact or a false fact? Boy, that sounds so alluring compared to the first format. Oh, yeah. Oh, you you want to talk about alluring? Here's the second round. It's called the Trivia Trap Round. The team in the lead, or if there was a tie, the champions, would play a choice of two categories. After the category was chosen, the host would ask a question with four possible answers. One contestant answered, and then each of the other two had to agree or disagree on that answer. If all three agreed, it would be worth $200. If one contestant disagreed, it would be worth $100. And if two disagreed, it would be worth $50. If the original answer was incorrect and any contestants disagreed with it, they had a chance to choose the correct answer and have the other two players agree or disagree on it. And there were two pairs of categories in that round. Again, format neutered. Well, there's no uh, trap in play. It's called trivia trap. What's the trap now? The the original trap was... I guess guess it's more of a psychological trap. It's like, do you honestly... Is is this the correct answer? Yes? No? It's a psychological trap. Now I'm stretching... I'm stretching the uh, definition of the word trap here, but yeah. But you know what? Guess what? What? You know what it still is? It's a trap! It's still a trap, yeah. Thanks, Akbar. It's a trap! And after that round, you have the trivia race, as played just as before. And of course, the first team to reach $1,000 goes on to play for the pot of gold in the trivia ladder. And that was played at the same as before. Well, what happened? Well, I think uh, Chico said what happened. It was up against Wheel of Fortune and the first half hour of Price is Right. Yeah, sorry. You're not getting ratings. And it didn't help that it was preempted in some markets. As I said, Cleveland didn't really have any ABC game shows after like 1979, 1980. So, yeah, we, we didn't get it. We'd have to use the old rabbit ears and pick it up from Akron. And, yeah, that, that, not a lot of people are doing that in 1984 and 85 when cable is really sort of booming at this point. And I vaguely remember watching this back when it was live because, what was this, 1984? I would have been a precocious four-year-old living in Kansas City at the time. And and this would have been what, KMBC? 
Yes, KMBC in Kansas City. With Larry Moore, baby, and Len Dawson. Oh, yeah. Actually, Len Dawson probably would have still be doing Inside the NFL on HBO. Anyway. Well, you, well, you also would have been doing the sports, I think, at KMBC also on the side. Oh, I know. I know. So, that happened. Well, what else can we say about this? Because that, that was really the crux, the crux of the show was just people answering questions. After they, especially after they uh, switched up the format, the crux of the show was people answering questions. Well, you know what we can talk about, guys? There were some celebrity episodes. The last week specifically was an all-celebrity week. They played for the entire week for charity. But there was also a, uh, a soap opera week. You had uh, Brian Patrick Clark playing, Stuart Damon, Emma Sams, and gosh knows they played their fair share of games at that time. Uh, from Hollywood Squares to Match Game 90, even Brian Patrick Clark, you know, we can go back to Match Game PM or, or back in the 80s, uh, the syndicated Match Game 2. Mm-hmm. But no, the, the last week of episodes was a celebrity week and listen to this lineup. They didn't play seniors versus juniors. This was Battle of the Sexes, men versus women. For the women, you had Betty White. And what can't we say about her? Jane Meadows, same. And Vicki Lawrence, also the same. We, we Three legends. We have three equally legendary people on the men's side. We have Jamie Farr. We have Bill Cullen, and we have our favorite, Tom Poston. What? What's going on, guys? Never mind. <laughs> he, he was still in his coma from Match Game Hollywood Squares. Obviously. Yeah, I was. I was still in my coma. Some would argue, well, argue that he would have been in his coma through Newhart. But yeah, uh, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, Trivia Trap has the distinction of being the last original format developed by Mark Goodson Productions before they were acquired by Fremantle Media. Well, no, they were first acquired by All-American. Yeah, they were, they were acquired by All-American. All-American was acquired by Pearson, and Pearson was acquired by the RTL and rebranded as Fremantle Media. Yep. And now you know the complete history of the acquisitions of Mark Goodson Bill Todman Productions. Well, now we should add, it wasn't the last original format. It may have been the last original format to go to air. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah! Oh, oh, you know where I'm going. I'm going. You're going one place. I'm going another one. Uh, Potentially. What I was going to say is, during pilot month this month, we're going to talk about one of the formats. And I think this was actually the last format Mark Goodson did. Before original de- format, before I should his say. death, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to talk about TKO. Yep, TKO uh, with Peter Tamarkin. Yep, and, yes. I'll, and I'll and I'll and just a preview. Yes, it does look like something. Just saying. But we should also mention after Trivia Trap was canceled, ABC, thank heavens, didn't replace it with. Another uh, sitcom rerun or Love Boat reruns or half of Love Boat reruns, we should say, because Love Boat reruns would be an hour. 
they actually replaced it with another game show. One of my favorites, even though I didn't see I it in grew up watching. One. I, I grew up watching that show. The, this was the first thing I saw on cable, a, a USA rerun of All-Star Blitz. All-Star Blitz. But yeah, yeah was, I love All Star Blitz. But TK, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you love Mike? Do you love All Star Blitz as much as you love Wings? Hey, All Star Blitz made Peter Marshall's career. No, it didn't. Hollywood Squares made Peter Marshall's career. We all know that. Uh, hey, Shut up! That's the joke. <laughs> and then there was another format that uh, Goodson created after Trivia Trap that didn't make it to series. It was Auto Roll, which was basically. David Sparks, the Double Mint Twins, a pair of dice, and something that looked like a rejected Wheel of Fortune board. Yeah, yeah pretty a much. Really weird pilot. Yeah, it, it was. It was weird. It, it was different. Honestly, if I'm editorializing here, the last good original Goodson Todman format, blockbusters. Yeah, I kind of like Child's Play. Now, you see, I like TKO, the unsold pilot. Well, I liked it too, but, yeah, it looked like another quiz show I watched back in the day. Well, it it looked a lot like uh, that other quiz show you're talking, but also it had a little bit of Blockbusters with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. But I give you the point there. I, I think Blockbusters was the last good format. Not saying Child's Play isn't good. It's just Blockbusters is better. It yeah. is a better show, I will admit. But Fremantle did dive back into the child's play well for Dame La Pista for Telefutura. Or oh, now Unimas. So. Ooh, Unimas. Unimas. Sounds exotic. Yeah, Unimas. Another thing, while we're on the subject of originality, they called from a lot of sources to do the sound package for Trivia Trap. One of them would be the end of the theme music for Family Feud. Yeah, that, that's a sound effect that was used pretty much for a correct answer at any point mm-hmm. uh, in terms of eliminating all the wrong answers and leaving the right answer or uh, on the trivia ladder getting a correct answer. Yeah, uh, th- that wouldn't be used in the, the $1,000 race. But yeah, they use that a lot. And actually, if you hit the trivia trap, got the wrong answer, they'd use the sound effect when you get a wrong number on Pathfinder on Price is Right. That, exactly. And they would also use, I believe when you're locking in a correct answer, or when when you're locking in one of the wrong answers, I should say, because remember, this is a quiz show in reverse. When you're locking in one of the wrong answers, one of the correct cues is the classic concentration panel reveal cue. Oh Yeah, you're yes. right, yes. And the answer reveal was used as the answer reveal on Fast Money on Family Feud from 1988 to today. Yeah. This gave to a lot of games, and it also took from a couple of games, mostly within, of course, the Goodson Todman Library. But again, the show itself was... Nothing notable. I mean, especially after the format change. It was nothing really notable. Give every credit in the world to Mark Goodson Productions for trying to create something different. 
But I was up against Wheel of Fortune and The Price is Right. It was not going anywhere. I think it's lucky it got six months and not just three. Yep. Going up against that type of competition. But Bob Eubanks wouldn't be out of work for long. No. Because he's A, because he's freaking Bob Eubanks. And and B, because he would be hosting two shows within two years. That's right. Not even not even two years. I was like within within one year. Yeah, because he would be hosting the revived version of Card Sharks on CBS in January of '86. Yes, and he would also oh within one year. That's right, within not even one year, more like eight months. Yeah, because he would be hosting Card Sharks for CBS, and he would also be hosting the new Newlywed Game in syndication. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. Earlier this week, or last week when you hear the show, was the 35th anniversary of the debut of Card Sharks, the CBS version. Yes. That show does not look like it's 35 years old. I'm sorry. No. That does not show its age terribly much. Hey, it's like Card Card Sharks is a game for the ages. I mean, look at the 78 version. Look at the 86 version. Look at the 2019 version. We don't talk about the 2001 version. No. Well, well, I'm just talking about from an aging standpoint, that does not look like it's 35 years old. Except for maybe the Chiron or some yeah. of the graphics they use. But that is... And the hair. Current. Do not forget the hair. Yeah. yeah well, the, well, the hair too. It's the 80s. Yeah. I get it. But that does look a lot less dated than the original version of Card Sharks. Yes, because the Perry mm-hmm. version is definitely late 70s, early 80s. You can tell. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Check out the hair and the clothes, especially the late great Alex Trebek with that leisure suit and that tight, and that tight fro of his. Oh, on the game show host week episode. Yes, on the game show host week episode. You want to talk about GQ? Oh yeah, we miss you, Alex. Anyway. Yeah. So what do we got to say about trivia trap? It had trivia, and it had traps either the physical or the psychological kind. But you know what you are when you go up against Wheel of Fortune and The Price is Right? You're a thing on TV. Mm-hmm. And also didn't help when uh, certain markets were not showing your show. No, it did not. No. I'll tell you what, though. That theme song is a banger. Nah, I'm mixed on it. I, I, it's not my favorite. You know, hey, but you know what is my favorite? I got it. Would it be it was a thing on TV.com? Yes! It was a thing on TV.com where we have all of our episodes, all of our mini-sodes, all of our live shows, and all of the links to our socials at It Was a Thing on TV. And of course, you can hear all of this great, great content wherever fine podcasts are streamed. Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Store, anywhere fine podcasts are streamed. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're on the YouTube, ring my bell for future content. And and don't forget, five stars only. Five stars only. We don't watch this sort of... Actually, we would watch this sort of crap anyway, but we don't 
watch and break down Trivia Trap for less than four stars. No. Chica, we haven't had a review on Apple Podcasts in like four months. <laughs> I know you're trying, but we... Come on, God guys. Bless me, I'm trying. Come on, guys. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, please. How many seconds will it take off your life? Come on. But while they sell their soul for stars, next week. Oh, yeah. Hold up, guys. I have an idea, folks. Uh-huh. For this year, I got an idea. So we're going to have I, – I didn't mention this at the start of the year. I'm going to mention it now. We're going to have an idea we're going to have for one episode. We're going to put aside for the week of our birthdays, and we're going to cash it in money in the bank style. I'm going to cash in my money in the banks pick. Really? Why? Because well, it's my birthday next week. Oh, okay. So, so what are we doing next week for that spot? Next week, I believe next week will be our very first foray into Saturday morning. No, it's not our first foray into Saturday morning because we covered Lidsville. Oh, my oh that's right. Because he wasn't here for that. Okay, so next week, ABC had Pac-Man. You want to know what CBS did in response? What'd they do in response? They got it wasn't Muppet, Muppet Babies. No, it wasn't Muppet Babies. It wasn't Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. It wasn't Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. They got all the arcade games. Wow. Now, all, all the arcade games or, or all the good arcade games? All the good arcade games. But, and a couple okay. of the bad ones. Oh, uh, well, they got them all. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about, and I believe this is a first. This is the first, because for the first time ever, we're going to be talking about a television station that doesn't exist anymore. A television station doesn't exist anymore? Yes. And would you believe, guys? That this station is not even located in the, on the mainland. It's not even located in Hawaii. It's not even located in Alaska. Where, where in the world is it located? The U.S. Virgin Islands. Now, okay, you had my attention. Now you have my interest. Yes. And we're going to talk about those two things next week right here on it was a thing on tv thanks for listening we'll see you here next week well admiral we've got enemy ships in sector 47 it's a trap it's a trap also who's cat <sighs> someone get your cat